Welcome to the Plastic Pleasing Store Podcast. We are your hosts, Trey the Explainer. And me, Miles Grab. A podcast about the natural world. Things that people claim are part of the natural world. And things that used to be. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another installment of the Plastic Plesiosaur podcast. Uh, this is episode six, and uh, to start us out, uh, do you want to talk about your first story, Miles? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, first of all, good morning, everybody. We're recording this episode extra early <laughs> because this is E3 day, and I'm a big Square Enix fanboy, and I want to watch uh, the Final Fantasy news. So, All right. Hey. Yeah, so I'm up extra early, but I want to try to bring the energy because we have some excited stuff to talk about. Um, this episode, we're going to go more heavy on the science stories because mm-hmm. last episode, we kind of had a double dash of cryptic nonsense. And, um, you know, we love our cryptids, obviously, but, you know, this is a science show also. So I want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really cool discovery that is something like, you know, like I've written about in my book, Clovis, and it's something I've always really loved. It is just understanding more about, you know, the people that were here in um, North America thousands of years ago and the whole process of um, the peopling of the Americas and all the advancements that they've had um, through the centuries. So in Lake Huron, um, which is, you know, in, in one of the Great Lakes, um, a long time ago, this this lake has been moving, you know, it's not always been the exact space it has been, of course, as the glaciers receded. Um, you're getting, you know, changes to how it looked. There used to be large ridges that were up above where the water is now. And in the past, um, people used to hunt, especially for caribou and other game in these areas. Now, we wanted to go out and see what we could find there. So this team, um, led by uh, um, John, o- John O'Shea, who's a professor of anthropology and the curator of the Great Lakes Archaeology Museum, um, they led a team where they dove down, down to to Lake Huron, which is now you know it's, the ridge is no longer there. It's thousands of years, glaciers melted. It's way underwater, but they they scuba dive down there and they collected um, all these like rock samples and everything they could find down there next to these big rocks that they look like they were placed by humans. Mm. And they they've been sorting through all these little flakes trying to see what they could find. Um, one of these scientists that were looking through them found like unmistakably human-made obsidian flakes. So like you could tell that there were hammer marks on them. They were feathered on the side. They were definitely made by humans, which is really cool because they, they were smaller than you might expect. So they weren't large like um, spearheads, like Clovis spearheads. So they were, um, since because they were small and fine, you can see that they were made for cutting and scraping, not necessarily just for hunting. So there was like a whole process here of mm. making um, different kinds of tools. But the most fascinating thing about this was that this obsidian, when when they used a um, energy dispersers X-ray fluorescent device, which like lets them figure out where this the carbon and other elements in the obsidian came from, so they could say like, mm-hmm. oh, it came from this volcano or whatever. Yeah. When they did this, they found out that it came from a volcano in Oregon. Whoa! Yeah, so that's the that's west crazy. coast. Yeah, that's that's four thousand kilometers away. So what's really cool is is you have obsidian from Oregon showing up at an advanced tool making site in the Great Lakes region, right? And and this is nine thousand years ago. Oh, this so is, this is like really, really prehistoric. Yeah, it's it's post Clovis, but this is still Paleo Indian. So we don't know much about these people's uh, culture and tradition and stuff. But what we do know is that there was some form of advanced trade 
we don't know how often, you know, obsidian from Oregon was getting to the Great Lakes. You know, it's probably pretty rare. This might have been like a really exotic thing for these people to have. But it is awesome that there is material, you know, like rare exotic material from the West Coast making it to, you know, getting closer to the East Coast over there by the Great Lakes. So it's just fascinating how advanced and um, and how awesome a lot of the, the culture and technology was in the Americas at this time. And unfortunately, we don't know enough about it. And I think sometimes we kind of um, we don't give them the full respect for all the awesome stuff that was going on here. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. That's that's really cool. I, I knew that um, that in the America in North America, there was a lot of uh, trade during like um, a, a little while later during like the Mississippian period where mm-hmm. um, like obsidian from Yellowstone can be found in like the Great Lakes area. Um, and then like, uh, seashells from like Florida and Texas and stuff can be found there too. Uh, there was like a whole network of like trading like copper and, and all kinds of different artifacts and stuff all across the entire country. So that's, that's really amazing right there. Yeah. It was that's the cool. longest, like proven, like, um, one item trade, you know, like traveled distance at that time known in North America. And so it's just because like 9,000 years ago is a long time, right? This is yeah. be before the creation of any of the major um, you know, networks or tribes as we know them in North America. So it, it's just really cool, cool, like how far back like humans are doing awesome stuff. So. Yeah, I think I remember reading somewhere that um, North, like around the Great Lakes, there's a lot of pure copper and um, Native Americans were harvesting that co- copper. I don't know if you can say mining it, but it was because it's not like strip mining. But they were harvesting it, and like at a certain at a certain period, they were on par at the same like level of like um, like metalworking as uh, people in like the old world and stuff, which is really fascinating. Yeah, that is that, for like, sure. Yeah, really cool stuff. That's a really awesome story right there. And that was underwater. Yeah, and so that it was underwater. They had to dive down. They collected all this stuff next to these rocks where they believe the rocks were placed there specifically because they were herding caribou into the site and then killing them. Then also manufacturing tools with sharp edges, um, maybe oh. for scraping, cutting, cleaning. Probably not for hunting. Um, they're probably using different things, but it just shows like their their technology in full. So it's really interesting. And the team believes that this shows that other underwater missions are places that you know you used to be above water when until the glaciers receded and changed. Mm. You know the landscape can be really fruitful for finding new discoveries. So that's really awesome. Yeah, one of my old professors in at college was an underwater archaeologist, and she would like she told us that like yeah, like all the whole like coast of the United States like that that didn't exist where it does now until relatively recently. So there's like literally thousands of like underwater um, archaeological sites where like you have like campfire areas or um, like buildings and and tools and all that just off the coast in the in the in the ocean right now, um, and you can see it through like underwater sonar stuff and all that. That's really awesome. I remember she excavated a site where it was really deep underwater. It was really like dark and they had to use like a suction tube Mm -hmm. to get all the silt. And they found like a mastodon um, tusk and stuff. Like a real one alive down there. Oh no, that would be awesome. That'd be great (laughs) cryptid right there. (laughs) It's like, oh, hello. (laughs) The mastodon are real and they're underwater and they're out for revenge that's great oh my gosh oh that's a, that should be monster quest episode mastodon at the bottom of a lake or something i don't know 
Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like a manufactured, like it was a mastodon that had been killed and its tusks um, sort of preserved at a campsite. Uh, I can't even really cool. start thinking about all the cool stuff that's underwater that we don't know because it just makes me sad. There's just oh. so much stuff. I want to know all this stuff. Oh, but, yeah. Know. Like, um, have you heard of uh, the the Nimi, Nimi ships in Italy? I haven't actually, no. They are. Um, so back in like the 1930s, they were in Italy, they were excavating this lake. It was Lake Nimi, or I might be saying it wrong. It's this old lake in Italy. And um, it's where the Emperor Caligula made, like had like his big pleasure barges. Like, oh, yeah, massive, nice guy. Massive. But yeah, nice guy. He had these, he had like, he made like the biggest wooden ships ever built in like antiquity there. Well, like, not as big as Noah, of course. Oh, oh I, yeah, I think they're actually smaller. Than, they're, they're way smaller than Noah's, I think. But that's not, <laughs> they were, they were so, they're really big. And he keep all um, those dinosaurs on him. He's got to keep the dinosaur. Well, his Caligula's trip, it was impressive in its own right, where it had like plumbing and stuff like central heating and like t- pipes and stuff that made it cold water and hot water inside That's it. Pretty it baller. Was I know. Yeah. And for centuries, scientists thought it was like this thing that was kind of made up to make him sound more extravagant. And sure enough, they found like two massive wooden ships at the bottom of the lake. And it, it like, they're huge. They're like something you'd expect like in modern day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so like, they're really, really cool. They had like bronze lion heads on them and stuff. But unfortunately they were, uh, destroyed in like a fire during world war ii so we don't know too much about them which kind of sucks and it's wood of course so you know and it's wood keeping but that's a that's a funny thing that you can say is that we found caligula's they were they were orgy ships uh, they were they were giant orgy ships so we found caligula's sex ships but we have still yet to find noah's ark i believe the that. um uh medical term for that is fuck boat <laughs> fuck boat <laughs> Uh, so recently, this was, I think this week, um, archaeologists in Poland were in a cave and discovered the remains of like a 12 or, or 10 to 12 year old child, um, which isn't, that's kind of not too interesting, but in the mouth, of this child was a finch, wow. um, just placed in the mouth and like, it's a weird thing, thing to see. Cause it's like a very almost pagan burial. Um, and they've yeah. never really seen this type of burial practice done before. And it's actually like relatively late. It's like the 17th century. Oh, so it's like way post Celts and everything. So. Way post Celts. It's like the area has already been Christianized. Yeah. And um, so it's like this odd little thing. And they think that like, fi- like, so it's in Poland, but they think Finnish like soldiers, like with their wives and children, like maybe a child died and they just bury the child in the cave. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting case where like, a lot of the pagan practices that were once probably done in these areas didn't really die out with Christianity. They just kind of lingered as like sort of like nostalgic relics and stuff. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a cool little story. I think it's an interesting visual burying a kid with a finch in his mouth. You know, mouth. That is, that is cool. You know, it makes you wonder what the heck is going on there. So Yeah. Yeah. It's probably an interesting story. That's a lot of time with archeology span is there's an interesting story there. You probably don't know what the origin is. Like, um, we can like make a, it up and make a whole episode of Ancient Aliens about it. Oh God, no, no! <laughs> like with the Star Child, right? They found a little kid in a cave, and they're like, "Oh, alien!" Oh God, that thing! Oh, we're probably gonna have to talk about that in the yeah, Flatwoods Monster episode. No, not uh, now, though. Not now. We'll, <laughs> we'll cover that later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, 
some of the the pop culture stuff that's come out this week? So I was forced to watch Jurassic World, second one, by Trey, who's supposed to be my friend. He <laughs> made me watch this. Um, I'm not going to give my opinion on it as a movie. This is a movie review podcast. But, um, I, you know, that film has no soul or point. Doesn't this is Fallen about- Kingdom doesn't care about science or have anything interesting to say about ethics around science or anything. Nope. No, just don't it's like, like it. it's this monster movie at this point. Because uh, I didn't even... Th- th- you're talking about Fallen Kingdom, right? Yeah, I just... Look, I, I have a problem with a lot of these... The Jurassic Park ethos anyway, because it's a little anti-GMO, a little naturalist mm-hmm. fallacy. You yeah. know, but they they play it well enough that, you know, I still like it. Obviously, I like Jurassic Park, right? They they toned it down for Michael Crichton. Crichton was really bad in like if you ever read the book, the book books, yeah. like the book made me like angry when I was reading it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the thing that I rarely do when I'm reading a book. But see, uh, like I, I don't think it's immoral to bring back a dinosaur. It depends on how you do it. Yeah, you, know, you just have think... to do it safe and humanely and all sure. Like, of uh, like I'm a proponent of um, rewilding or de-extincting species. You just have to yeah. do it the right way. You know, the whole like, oh, you're playing God or out of control. That's nonsense. Yeah. You know, like, like they say, oh, they were meant to go. Nothing's meant to happen, man. Everything's just physics over time. There's no, there's no purpose. These things didn't evolve to do anything. They evolved because a niche existed. Yeah. That's it. So if like, we also evolved, right? So like if, if everything evolves and exists because of a certain reason, well, guess what? Then humans evolved and we're just choosing what we want to bring back based on our own biases that created because of evolution. So deal with that. Yeah, um, you know, like a lot of the Jurassic Park narrative treats humans like they're not an evolved animal. You know that we're special. That we're divorced from like the natural world and stuff. It's, yeah, so yeah. That, you know, so like I, I have a little bit of problem with the Jurassic Park ethos, but whatever, it doesn't matter because it's awesome as shit. Oh, there it is. <laughs> the movies are really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's one. The first film's one of the best films ever made. It's top hundred film, like in every way, like filming, writing, acting. It's still one of the best looking movies ever. Really, you look at it, you're like, that T Rex looks fantastic, right? That T Rex in the rain. That's that's awesome. It looks better than any T Rex you've ever seen anywhere else. Still to this day, somehow. That is that, that is true. That is 100 percent true. <laughs> and that's a movie magic right there. That's that's high quality. So I got nothing bad to say about none of that. Yeah. Um, and it's Newman dies. Sequels. You like your stick? And no wonder you're extinct. Oh, it, Newman. Uh, you know. <laughs> what can you want? Um, but there was a trailer for the new one, or not a trailer, but um, some new photos like, for. Yeah, it was like teaser photos. It was like two teaser photos before Jurassic then. World Three Dominion. Dominion, yeah, yeah. The I Dino's didn't even, Revenge. People are gonna hate me for this. I didn't even finish Fallen Kingdom, the one that you watched. I, I like turned it off. I was like, oh, I'm not really well, enjoying. I don't this. care what people do. I hate you because I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. I think I watched it with my dad or something over like a holiday break. And like, um, it, we were like, this is dumb. Like they, they, there was a guy taking teeth out of a dinosaur. They make this dinosaur, the Indoraptor. Oh yeah. Which, okay. So they bring back dinosaurs cause they get some boom dino DNA and they mix it with frogs. Mm-hmm. So that's their excuse. Well, they don't look like, you know what we think real dinosaurs look like, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and then they get smarter raptors by Jurassic Park 3. Yes. You know, and then they use those smarter raptors plus some other stuff to make the new raptors in Jurassic World, like Blue and the other ones. Yeah. 
and then they like mix that with T Rex and some other stuff, and then they make Indominus Rex, and then they mix all this up together again. The remix they got, edition. They got a Mosasaur some somehow, which kind of I think like uh, doesn't make much sense with the whole amber mosquito thing. Um, I don't know how you get an aquatic animal DNA in there. eBay. Um, <laughs> and and so then they they take the this raptor the not the raptor the Indominus Rex, which is like a mix of fifty different things, and that's not good enough. So now they got to make a new one, the Indoraptor, which is like the Super Raptor. <laughs> Plus five or something. I don't know. Just like Mastercrafted Raptor. And what they're going to do with it is they make a gun that if you point it at the bad guy. Okay. Oh, this is the military thing. And then you pull the trigger. It will send a laser out and a signal and the Raptor will go kill it. But like, like (laughs) I know this isn't the science. I'm I'm just just in the movie here. But if I have a gun, if I point the gun... And then pull the trigger. I feel like I've done the work. I don't <laughs> want to wait for my mastercrafted Dino Raptor Monster Man, which can over still die by bullets, presumably. Well, I mean, I, well, I want look. Bullets are better technology than trained raptors. Okay, <laughs> that's just that's science, right there. I don't. That, yeah, I guess the. I remember the plot. The the thing being like we need to use dinosaurs in the military or something, which is like so because we don't use like dogs in the military or well, dogs most in modern military. infantry stuff <laughs> is pretty small scale because the countries with nuclear bombs can't fight each other. Yeah. So like we don't you don't really need like a triceratops mount, you know? <laughs> like look, I want that. It I can, sounds if cool. I, if I had a lot of money, I'd probably buy one and then ride it to my enemy's house, you know? Like <laughs> like a certain director I don't like. Um but I don't know. It's not smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, Dominion. We'll talk about Dominion. <laughs> Dominion. Okay, so they had a photo, and it had, was of what? The te- so they had two teaser photos. One was of a mosquito sucking blood off of a, uh, a scaly skin creature. Um, and a lot of fans saw this, and were like, ooh, wait a second. There is little like hair-like things between the scales on that skin, that scaly skin. So like, is that feathers? Whoa, whoa, that's interesting. And then they released the second photo which was of a small little dinosaur, theropod dinosaur, and it had feathers. It had feathers. Thank God. <laughs> like a baby Utah raptor. What was it? It's um. I think the so for so for the scientific advisement. So for the past movies, they had um, Dr. Jack uh, Horner for the scientific advisor. Of course. And um, like it doesn't seem like they were listening to him that much. Like. He would give them tips and stuff, but it doesn't sound like they took them to heart. They actually yeah. listened to him because, uh, yeah, listen to the marketing team, baby. Maybe listen to the marketing team. People want the the Velociraptor from the first movie. They don't want some new sort of new scientifically advanced. Which isn't even a, a raptor. Oh, yeah, right. It's a what is that even supposed to be? It starts with a D. I, I, I oh, probably it's a dr- should know. Dromaeosaur. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think. So here's the thing is so I think it was it was Velociraptor in the movie, but Velociraptors don't get that big. Yeah, so they kind of had to retroactively say it's like a different species or something like that. I'm not all up to date on my Jurassic Park lore. I'm kind of been disillusioned with it. Anyways, yeah. the dinosaur in the, the promotional material is uh um they had a new advisor, his name is Dr. Steve uh Bruchette. Bruchetta. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like the cheat. Anyway, uh, he he said it was a moros, which is a a small theropod dinosaur that is, I think, kind of related to Tyrannosaurus rex or that mm-hmm. sort of branch of theropods. Um, yeah, because T Rex used to be a tiny little dude. Yeah, the Tyrannosaurids like were were pretty small early on, and then got super big. Um, yeah, like this dinosaur, I think in like the promotional material, they make it look really, really tiny. Like I don't know, there's not much scale. The next hit is like a big dinosaur jaw, but it's hard to say if that's like its parent or another species or something. Um, so how they do with the feathers? They look good or? The feathers actually look really good. I was I was I was surprised. I think I I might have tweeted something that said like I'll eat my shoe if there's feathered dinosaurs or something in this movie. Oh, yeah, we can that <laughs> I, on a podcast. I don't know if I actually tweeted that. I don't know because I, I, I think I was having doubts. I'm like I'm going to have to eat my shoe if they do it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I did tweet that, we can look back at my old tweets and see if I actually said that like a year ago or something. Um, but yeah, the feathers look really good there. Um, they're proto feathers. Um, which is like the sort of downy filament. Um, you kind of see it in, um, if you ever see uh, like baby ducks or geese or something, yeah, um, that's like duck downy. Duck far- oh, you were? That's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. That that sort of fuzz that you see the babies have, that's probably what um, that type of feathers would look like on a theropod dinosaur. Um, yeah, like a lot of, you, you know, some people try to draw them and be more accurate, but they put like, the plumage level that you might see on a modern raptor, like a red tail hawk or something, you know. But right. Yeah, you, you got to imagine that it's the kind of feathers, like the way that they look and the way that they develop, have just changed over millions of years. Right. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. A lot of movies and pop culture depictions make the mistake of putting like really advanced. Um, they call them pinaceous feathers, which is the one with like the vein and like the the one that you see modern birds flying with on yeah. um, old dinosaurs and like some. Um, raptors would have had that like um sort of like the more birdie branch of theropod but some of the more um like basil or distantly related dinosaurs would not have those type of feathers they would have the fuzz probably um like tyrannosaur tyrannosaurids would have the fuzz um because we know that we know that from like d long and utyrannus that they have like this little downy fuzz um so yeah, it, it was it was good. I, I was I was surprised at how good they are. It's not like perfect. I think the it's hard to tell from like a single photo, but the wrists still look bad. So mm-hmm. Jurassic Park and a lot of dinosaur movies suffer from um, I don't know even how to call it. It's like the you see it in a lot of like cartoons where the dinosaur wrists are like cooked almost. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, they're kind of limp, and yeah. um, in reality, dinosaur wrists couldn't bend like that. Mm. Uh, so you see it in like the first Jurassic Park, and we now know that they couldn't look like that. So I don't know if the wrists are still like that in this dinosaur, um, but so, but beside that, it looks pretty good. I I am surprised. One thing is weird. So at the end of the movie that you made me watch, they released like I don't know maybe thirty five to fifty dinosaurs, yeah, in California. So apparently now dinosaurs are everywhere. I, I don't know why the government couldn't just round them up there's not too many of them right i mean like they're they gonna just start breeding and making a massive population that fast there's like 50 of them <laughs> and they're in and the thing is with populate like with animals the larger you are the longer your sort of birth periods are like the more time you need your and yeah. babies to develop so yeah that doesn't make much sense also uh, that <laughs> i don't know if it's actually a mosasaur but the big the big underwater monster one yeah, I think that's a mosasaur. But it's uh, way too big, right? Like, mosasaur aren't that big. I remember I made a video. I think it's deleted by now because I made a massive mistake in it. But oh, um, nice. 
because it's hard to estimate because they i'm to my defense i tried to estimate how big the mosasaur was in the trailer for jurassic world and the thing is it's just inconsistent like in some scenes it's really really giant in other scenes it's really like more normal size well Um, there's a scene when it's in a wave right and it There's goes no way that thing is not at least 60, 70 feet. Yeah, it's way oversized. T- T- Mosasaurs got big. Um, I think the biggest was Tylosaurus or Tylosaurs, um, but they didn't get that big. They they were not like, yeah, they were like kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> so at first I was like, oh, Mo- Mosasaur. I was like, I don't know, man, that's that's a biggie. Like <laughs> That looks like the thing from Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah, it looks like Lyplerodon, which Lyplerodon did not get that big either. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I heard there's a rumor going behind the scenes that um the feathered dinosaur scenes that we see in this little promotional mm-hmm. material are actually just flashbacks to the late Cretaceous period. Mm-hmm. So it's not it, it's it's like we're not we we might not even get feathered dinosaurs in the movie itself. I would watch the, the movie if it was 85% flashbacks to the Cretaceous period. I know that would be that would be amazing. That's the thing is like um Jurassic show Park. us the dinosaurs we don't care about your actors i hate your actors i hate your plot i love dinosaurs just re- so go to disney mm-hmm. and be like disney it's about time you make something people like and what the people want is that part in fantasia where there's dinosaurs oh, the, want you to remake song, that the right of spring that'd be great yeah make it an hour an hour 30 minutes long you know just no plot great. just dinosaurs play awesome music that's royalty free you don't have to pay for it (laughs) just just make this people deserve it that was the original plan have you ever seen um the movie walking with dinosaurs um no not like the the bbc documentary there was a movie for it no i Um, haven't seen it i'm sure you have the movie for it is um it was essentially just that it would be a like there's a cut of the movie where there's no dialogue or anything. It's just animals being animals and like with a vague plot. Um, and it's just set in the Cretaceous period or something. I think there's a, a Gorgosaurus or something um, hunting the Triceratops, like I think it's a Ceratopsid. And it's literally just set in the past and there's no dialogue. But the thing is, that was like, I think that's the original plan for it. But the studio, which I think was maybe Paramount or something, was like you gotta make it kid friendly. Like kids aren't gonna want to watch that. Kids so they, are just gonna want to watch dinosaurs. Man, we're talking about and dinosaurs. They dubbed it over with like goofy voice actors and like oh, no. goofy fart jokes and stuff, and it came out like terrible. Like everybody hates it. Like Jar Jar. Like Jar. And the it's like Jar Jar. It's like uh, ooh, ooh fish. It's like it's so bad. And um, big and, like, fish. Big Goomba fish. Oh, Goomba fish. Why were you banished, Jar Jar? Oh, gosh. It's bad. And it's, like, sad because it, it probably, it, the animation in it is gorgeous. It's just a shame that yeah. um, they had to, like, they kind of had to make it kid-friendly and dumb it down. You can write a story without dumbing it down. You know, that's, yeah. that's like, what I did in, Clo- in Clovis, right? Like, it's a story about um, the Pleistocene era. You know, yeah. But I, that's what, there's only one human really in it because I wanted it to be about looking in that era more than just the human story so right yeah that's the thing about um jurassic jurassic park um is pretty bad it's good it's good but it's bad in the sense that it has monopolized dinosaurs um so i i have a friend who's like um an artist visual artist they do concept art and stuff um for movies and they told me that like 
yeah, movies like will tell you that looks too much like Jurassic Park. You got to make it different. Like they'll see a dinosaur and go like, we can't make it look like Jurassic Park. And so like it will deter people from making dinosaur movies. Um, because yeah, films Jurassic are kind of so good. Films are kind of artistically oppressive. Yeah. Like for Lord of the Rings, you know, I I do actually quite like the New Line Cinema adaptation more than I like most things that are adaptations of things I like. Um, but the big problem with it is almost all the fan art looks like the films. Yeah. You know, and it just homogenizes people's view. And, mm. you know, a beautiful thing about reading is, you know, you get a good book is you get the author's intent, which I think is really important, but mm-hmm. you also get to participate in the world building with your own imagination. Right. The they, films they, destroy that. Yeah. Especially really popular films that everybody shows up to and stuff like, I remember when Game of Thrones came out, like there was a whole bunch of like knockoff sort of things trying to get the same tone, like medieval setting, but like everybody's wearing like dark leather and it's like really edgy and stuff. Uh, Yeah, Jurassic Park kind of did that where it homogenized dinosaur media. Um, And it was good where it made like we wouldn't have Jurassic, we wouldn't have um, uh, like Walking with Dinosaurs or any of those like dinosaur documentaries if not for the success of Jurassic Park. But and Jurassic yeah. Park did make people think that they were birds. Yeah, like that was good. You know, the the T Rex, you know, like leans forward. It's not like upright anymore. You know, so like mm-hmm. it did do some good stuff um, for conception in that way. But you know, it's imperfect, obviously. Yeah, and it just kind of sucks that like it's it just sticks in your mind so good. It's just such a powerful meme you can't escape it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like what people forget whenever. So I, one of my early things on my channel, I would be like complaining about Jurassic Park. Um, and those vi- videos are like cringy and embarrassing now, though. But the thing is, is that like people were really resistant to like feathered dinosaurs in Jurassic Park because they're like they would be lame or something like that or they would ruin the canon or. Uh, but the thing is, is that like in um the lost world like michael crichton's sequel book that he wrote in 1995 he actually has like feathered dinosaurs in it um yeah. it's like really brief you 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 miss it if like you kind of skim it but it's um the baby tyrannosaur and it has proto feathers which was like amazing for the time because nobody really kind of thought that at the time it was kind yeah, of because because there is the belief that um t-rexes would have more feathers when they were younger and lose them when they got larger yeah yeah, and he and that was, I think, like a, a, a incorporation of that early theory, which is which is amazing. So, like Jurassic Park, like it's sort of stuck in the 1990s version of what we thought of dinosaurs, and it looks like they might be adv- like advancing a little bit, going to better paleontology. In my opinion, stuff. these are uh, corporate hack frauds, and these films aren't made for any reason other than they're profitable, and they're yeah. not made for the love of dinosaurs or storytelling or cinema or anything else. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. They're just yeah. completely cynical. So a- anything good that may be in them is uh, one passionate dinosaur lover person working hard and getting his one idea on screen. So It's thanks. Dr. Steve. It's Steve, yeah. man. <laughs> I was da- So I was doubtful. They made like initial production photos um, like a while back. And the Triceratops is like elephant feet and stuff. So and like the theropods are really blocky heads. So I was not hopeful. I was like, oh. And then when I saw this, I'm like, okay, this is better. We'll see. I'm interested. I'm not like 100%. Like, because supposedly, in like, according to the rumors, like a T Rex fights a Giganotosaurus in the Cretaceous period, which just doesn't make any sense. But they, they always got to have T Rex fight something every time. Make it fight something that existed at the. Well, because this is a flashback scene. So it's supposed to be accurate. 
so have a fight like I don't know in Montosaurus or Triceratops or something something well, that so we know when they're running fun. from the volcano in this movie yeah. they're all like fighting what's the what's the allosaurus like dino that has the two horns on his head oh uh Carnotaurus yeah so that like that one's like fighting a some other dude and then the t-rex comes in and is like no nobody fights i'm the i'm the boss i'm like guys you're running from a volcano get out of there well that's the thing with jurassic park that i'm kind of tired like makes me kind of tired of it is like they're not they don't act like animals they're like monsters they're serial killers they just like fight randomly yeah like, like in the beginning it like goes and kills this one dude right like he doesn't mm-hmm. need to kill i'm just like that's not that many calories you're wasting your time Right. Animals are really lazy. Like if you see like lions, like they just like sleep most of the time and they really don't care. (laughs) Or they have the uh, giant Mosasaur monster like eat a submarine thing. I'm just like, yeah, no way. It's because it's not making motions that look like prey. It's not like the little like when you're fish, you throw things out there that make the little micro movements and you you you. Uh, jam your pole back so that it looks like it's like skittish or moving so like it has the things that trigger the predator like mm. this submarine isn't doing that it's not gonna eat that thing <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 like they're not dinosaurs anymore they're more like godzilla or like king kong they're just like so totally like divorced well from... also the t-rex is the main character always he's he's not the protagonist of the film but he is the icon of the series so he's a good guy he can't do anything bad to the good guys. They will, that will never happen. Yeah. Right. Like the uh, T-Rex doesn't threaten the main characters anymore. Cause you like the T-Rex because he reminds <laughs> you of the nineties and he's the logo. So like they have this problem where like, he's not a dinosaur anymore. He's a charismatic mascot of the franchise. So, it's so like, weird. It's so weird to see how far it's come from like the original source material. It's just meaning rot. It's what happens when you make yeah. things for money and not because you have a story that you have to tell. Oh, by the way, before we move on, um, one of the initial posters, somebody screwed up. So the mosquito in the, um, the poster has four legs instead of uh, the six legs that an insect would have. Yeah. Somebody somebody screwed up there. That's fine. Maybe somebody plucked off its legs or something. Uh, in the past? In the pa- Oh, wait. Yeah, maybe this is a prehistoric mosquito. Wait. Yeah, this is an elder mosquito, man. Let's see. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's a weird angle. I don't know. For what I, I remember, people saying like the mosquito has four legs and kind of laughing about that. Like we have accurate dinosaurs, but now we have inaccurate mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that's about it. I think I'm I'm like a little more excited than I was, um, but I'm kind of like burnt out on Jurassic Park in like the same way I'm burnt out on like a lot of franchises. Yeah, come up with new ideas. Yeah. New ideas, like make. I like your idea. Like make a like a set to classical music, dinosaur. Like, not. It doesn't even have to be much of a documentary. Just make it like set in the past, and it's like dinosaurs living their lives and stuff. That'd be that'd be amazing. Like you can choose one to make slightly more charismatic than is reasonable. Mm-hmm. You can do that if you if you need to tell a story. It's but um because like like no bear my giant sloth is more charismatic than is scientifically reasonable. 
but you know you kind of get one give me i think in a story so um yeah just you you can do something like that without having to make them like terrible monsters that just kill humans all the time so yeah no that'd be cool yeah i would love that but there's one franchise that you're not tired of and it's your favorite franchise because it's getting a new video game oh yeah yeah I, I didn't even know about this it's the the avatar uh franchise water earth fire air long ago the four nations lived together in harmony then everything changed when the fire nation attacked not last airbender uh, not, not, blue... not a good atar we're talking about good... atar it's uh, the blue people avatar um, back all the way. How many years has it been? It's almost been like 11 years or something like that since the movie. That yeah, we've enjoyed the fantastic <laughs> narrative and world building of Avatar 1. It's very memorable. Uh, yeah, who can forget all the quotes from that movie that we all watch? Like, um, <laughs> and then, um, oh, and also there's, yeah. I don't know why. I know the name of the main character is Jake Sully because I know it's so bland. Uh, yeah, what a movie. What a film. Well, it's so weird. Like, uh, how many sequels are there being planned? There's like five or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's not nine. You're making. Yeah, that they're up. planning on making um, three trilogies. So. Are you see? <laughs> What what is there to tell? Like, I'm, oh, okay. Watch what people take this like and go like, proved you wrong. It was the best movie ever. Uh, yeah. I, I I, I, so here's the thing. Everyone's like, go see the Avatar movie. It's so amazing. I watched it. It looked like just Final Fantasy X with Smurfs in it. I was like, dude, I've seen all this stuff in Final Fantasy. You guys just aren't nerds. So you're like, <laughs> oh, floating cool weird shit and crazy vines and look at that monster i'm like yeah man just play games from japan you'll see this stuff it's not new yeah like, it's it's very weird like i think like the best thing about the movies have is the creature designs um which yeah, the, were the nerds they hired did a good job yeah yeah they're they're great and like i like how they put some thought into them making like an evolutionary tree kind of um yeah no that part's great it's just like I just don't know where this can go. Um, so, like, obviously, everyone's made this analogy, but you make a Pocahontas movie with blue people, yeah. but you take out Colors of the Wind, that's a big subtraction. So you got to add something really good <laughs> to get back to parody. You know, you're taking out this beautiful song. Yeah. Like, what we got was this biology stuff that, like, is really cool if you buy the book to look at, but it only does so much in the movie. I just don't know what you, what's the story? Yeah. Because well, I think the story kind of just finished. The bad uh, colonizers are gone and they live in they peace. They called now. the strength of the wild and they did a big giant stampede. They all got plus three, plus three and trample and they, uh, they took out the evil military man. Like what? The movie, the next movie is going to have the evil military nuking them from space. Like what, what happens? I, d I don't even uh avatar 2 is coming out next year sure it is yeah and the remember the bad guy from the movie papa dragon <laughs> his name was papa dragon remember him it was yeah the evil military guy he was like the general i remember evil white military man he's back even though he, he died he had like a, a sword thrusted into him and he died 
Why? And apparently Sigourney Weaver's back too. Why? I just I don't know. I don't know. What they're, the they're fuck dead. do they think Avatar is? Nobody gives a shit about any of these people. <laughs> these char- the prize characters are coming back, man. Like I said, looking- quote a line from the movie. Um I don't know. I, I see you. That's when like they they see each other with the eyes again. Not too I good. Watched, I watched this recently. I watched this probably like a year or two ago. Yeah. Well, Avatar so, the game. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So like it's cool to have more games that have speculative biology as yeah. part of the game. That can definitely be cool. I mean, you see some of that in Horizon, even though that's more um, fantasy. But, oh, I love Horizon. Yeah. So like in any time we get like some kind of scientific field, like as part of the world building of a game, it can always be cool and fun. We'll mm-hmm. see. Obviously, as a film, Avatar is a bit failing, but yeah. you know, like the King Kong book is really cool. The Avatar book is really cool so if you get more of that kind of stuff maybe the game would be nice although um as a gamer i'd say don't trust ubisoft that's neither here nor there (laughs) well i know that like um i think we got a little teasers of what might be in the upcoming um avatar 2 movie is that they're gonna go to they're gonna explore like the um underwater biomes of pandora which will be really cool Uh, oh i do love underwater shit yeah underwater shit's cool that's my jam well, like they show, so um, you see a little bit of it on the Avatar the Ride at Disney. Um, I haven't been, but I've seen like videos of on the ride. And there's oh, like, you wrote in the notes Avatar the Ride, so I thought you were going to tell me about the damn ride, but you haven't been it, on it? it. The ride is a VR goggles thing, oh, okay. so you yeah. might as well just watch it on YouTube sure. instead of paying hundred bucks or whatever it is to get into Disney. Why is there an Avatar thing at Disney? Oh my! God. There's an Avatar Land. They they tore down. Um, what did they tear down? Oh, it replaced. Uh, Camp Mickey, Mini Mickey. Okay. okay, good riddance to the. <laughs> I'm sure that's but somebody's they could have made a ride cool a world, kid. though, man. They could have made like a like a Pride Rock, like build a whole Pride Rock or something. Yeah, no, it could it could be. Cool. I think it it looks good. Like it's just um, yeah. So, anyways, the the ride they have like giant mosasaur looking uh, creatures and plesiosaur looking creatures. That'll be interesting. Uh, they have like reefs and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see in the next movie. And I might have to make an updated video on the evolutionary tree of Pandora. Which I would love fun. to be eaten by a plesiosaur. That'd be so cool. That'd be great. <laughs> you go like, out like cow that. down, buddy. Go to town. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that both of us, like both with the Jurassic uh, World movie and the Avatar movie, we're just kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens. It might be cool. I'll look at your cool monsters, but I don't want to look at your people. <laughs> That's great. That's a good quote. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at your cool monsters, not your people. Yeah. And then um, did you want to talk about Pride Month? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll make a, we'll mention it quickly. It's Pride Month, June. Heck yeah. And, and yeah, good. congrats, everybody. It's uh, gay people and queer people. All kinds of people have existed for a long time. and yeah for most of the time for the most of the time and uh we'll uh keep going i guess (laughs) (laughs) good luck to y'all good luck to (laughs) y'all one of my favorite kind of like the tie to the show like um like queer plus history things is the um the reddit gals being pals which kind of it's basically like um if any it started as like oh these two women are really close friends um 
like in history moments, you know, where like basically historians would say that they were gay. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, they lived together and they traveled together for years <laughs> and they both never married, you know, just gals being pals. So there's lots of cool little like clips from um, history. It's, it's normally the history of the last 200 years, but you get more. Oh, of, that's that's great. Yeah, it's a great sub of the like um, people who are probably queer that like, you know, like historians the last couple hundred years just wrote them off as friends. Well, yeah. it's it's so bad, and it still exists to this day. Like, um, so I, I'm a, I'm I'm obsessed with like people who follow me on Twitter know that I'm obsessed with Alexander the Great, and I've read like pretty much like a lot of scholarly books on him. Mm-hmm. And like, there's people in like the last like I don't know like 20 years or something like that that like you read it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. Like, um, there's one scholar who just like refuses, refuses to even suggest that Alexander the Great um, had sex with dudes or loved dudes or something like that. And he like will find every single thing in the book to sort of like dodge it. Um, and, it and it's a, and it's I guess it's not it's not new. It's happened for like the majority of sure. Western historians. Um, yeah, it's bad where you sanitize. You try to sanitize. You go like, oh, they weren't gay. They were just really good friends. They were. I'm sure that happens. I mean, you know, like, like I live with my good friend. Yeah. Um, you know, but like, also, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's it's the refusal to accept that it, the, accept the mere possibility. There are scholars who don't even like the mere possibility because the thing is, yeah. a lot of times we'll never know. Like, we'll never know sure. if they were what their the, their true nature of their relationship is. But like, you you still have to leave the possibilities open. Like, okay, then maybe they were friends. Maybe they were more than that. Like. Uh, well, you can't, bring, you can't bring your bias into it. You're a historian. You know, you're not there to to put your morals on them anyway. You're dead to report it. So, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like, histor- a lot of historians go like the social context um, didn't wouldn't allow uh, same sex couples or something like that, or wouldn't allow um, trans people. But like, that doesn't mean that people wouldn't um, feel that way and like sort of reject what their society tells them. Well, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a, there's probably hundreds and hundreds of people in history that we know about, but we 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 have no idea that they were queer or something like that. Yeah, and you know the meanings and expressions of these things change over time by culture. So yeah, holding hands and and kissing and all that kinds of stuff. We're not like they're they're culturally relative. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's an important time to remember. Like we need like to to know that queer people do have history and. And it's it's very rich, even though it doesn't get that much attention. Part and part of human history, and you, you can't ignore them if you're trying to tell the truth. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. Happy, happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Yep. But now it's time. Oh, yeah. It's time. It's Monster time. Quest. Monster Quest. Head start. <laughs> Witnesses around the world report seeing monsters. Are they real or imaginary? Science searches for answers on Monster Quest. <laughs> it's great that you laugh there every time because it gives me a perfect spot to edit in the intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, Miles, tell us what we got today. Okay, so we are on episode seven, Lions in the Backyard. Oh yeah. So in this episode, we are on the search for not lions. Not lions. Although that's the headline. Um, but large black cats, which are seen in North America. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's the setup for this? Like what what are we looking for exactly? Yeah, the setup for this is kinda of, it's it's very similar to the last episode with mutant canines, 
where um, people, like a couple people, like people all around the U.S. go like, I saw a giant black cat, like it looks like a puma or leopard or something like that. And I have a picture of it far away or something's been killing my livestock. And I think it's a, it's a black cat. And it's this idea that there's mysterious, like a, I don't see, they kind of, again, they give like multiple explanations. It's either a, um, unknown species of feline in the, the, or felid in the Americas, or it's like jaguars or cougars in places where they, they're not. Yeah. Um, this isn't necessarily a cryptid. Um, yeah. although there is a possible cryptid explanation, but basically the setup is there is a large black cat, which science is, science is not currently aware of or recognizing, and mm. people are seeing it, and it's killing stuff, and it's out there messing with everybody. Yeah. They're, they're messing with people. They're hunting livestock. There's one guy who's really, really concerned about them eating people, eating humans. Um, yeah, great. and and where it's, it's, it's all around the U.S., right? It's like East yeah, Coast, so they, Texas. Um, like Oklahoma, Texas. There's some of the main areas they go to. I they believe go to West the, Virginia. Yeah, the notes um, I believe mentioned Texas, Minnesota, West Virginia as the three hotspots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's photos of black cats in the distance that say that like that's evidence of them. And then there's people yeah. who had encounters of them. So One, so unlike some other supposed cryptids, there are mm-hmm. cats in North America. Yeah. There have been cats in North America for thousands and thousands of years, mm-hmm. um, including several species of large cat, you know, mm-hmm. from Smilodon to jaguars to mountain lions. Mm-hmm. So we got we have that stuff. It, it does exist. There are currently jaguars in South America. Mm-hmm. And um, like five percent of them are black, right? Yeah. Yeah. The scientists said that five percent are black. And yeah. I think that's so we do have animals that could be this it's just a question of are people seeing them in places where we don't currently think they are right that's the question um yeah and like there's uh so for the ones on the east coast people say that like maybe they're um cougars mountain lions a puma like they're all the same name for the same species of big cat and um those ideas aren't that ridiculous like um there, there are so there used to be those mountain lions on the east coast. They used to be all around the Americas, um, but during colonization, they all sort of died out on the east coast. And all we have left is like the in the Everglades in Florida. So that, that, that's our setup. We yeah. know what we're looking for: some kind yeah. of cat that isn't too amazing, but it'd be really cool to find them in places we didn't know. So that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Now, now here's the search. What are we trying to do to find them? Who are we talking to? Who are we talking? We're talking to cattle ranchers. We're talking mm-hmm. to uh, people who just see them in their backyard in the country. And uh, yeah, a lot of people in the country who we're talking So, yeah, to. one of the guys, David Johnson, and he has a video. It's not that blurry of a video, medium blurry, so that's good. Yeah. Um, and it shows a black cat walking across some green grass. Now, I saw this. My first reaction was, "Come on!" <laughs> I was thinking like, the same thing. I was like, "That's a that's just a house cat. That's literally why, just a house cat." Why are we looking at this house cat? And he's like, "Man, that there's a big cat." And I'm like, "If that's a normal cat, like, oh, that's the the Hugo cat photo. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that one was. You're just like that's literally a cat. I don't, I don't. You, it's like you can tell that it's not big. It's just normal cat size. And I, then, I wrote in my notes that he just admitted every to everybody that he doesn't know what pussy looks like. So. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it. In. I believe that's why. That's why I, why I joked though to Drew when we were watching it. Because I was just like, geez, this guy just admitted to everybody. Um, but well, uh. So Dave Johnson says that he thought it was the same size as a German shepherd. Uh, yeah. Says it's about four feet and described it as having heavy shoulders. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, can, you can tell it's a domestic cat by the face shape and like proportions and stuff. It just doesn't look cat. like it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't look like a Jaguar or, or anything like that. Like oh. if you're a big um, unknown black cat believer like i don't even think you'd use this video to argue with people this is not convincing at all yeah it, it's it, it like it's good that it's a video but it's yeah it's not convincing in the slightest and then we talked to um somebody who works for the oklahoma department of wildlife mm-hmm. um niels rodfield and he says people do call him about cats but he has seen no reported cases of a black puma yeah and that, that's oh. understandable because, like, what they talk about, like, black um, animals, like, like especially big cats with black fur. It's not impossible. Um, it's just not um, evolutionarily advantageous. So you wouldn't expect there to be too many of them in the wild. Yeah, I be- believe we talked to um, we go. They go to the National Cancer Institute and they talk to uh, Dr. O'Brien, mm-hmm. who studies cat genetics. And he was quoted as saying, "It is possible by nature to make a black cu- cougar." But says uh, it would take over 100 generations to get one by chance. Yeah. So he he says um, your chances of seeing one to be about one in a million. But I yeah. actually think that that math is probably wrong because then people would be seeing them. Right. I, it's yeah. It's. I think it's, it's just a phrase because it's like well, it's one in a million people are seeing them, man. Yeah. There's there's like um in uh where was this was this in Brazil it was somewhere in South America they saw there was trail camera footage of a uh, albino. Uh, cougar. Yeah, I mean, so like animals have different like melanin types, mm-hmm. and like so like I mean, the black ones aren't incredibly rare. There are black jaguars, you know. Yeah. Um, black mountain lion. I don't think there's a documented black mountain lion. No, I don't think so either. And we should note that pumas and mountain lions and cougars are the same species. They're not. They're not different. Yeah, there's all these there's regional, regional, uh, regional different ways to say the same thing. It's annoying. Like where I'm from in Northern <laughs> California, you know, I, I've seen a mountain lion and that's what we normally call them. And they're like, they're not, they're rare, but you see them. So. Yeah. On the East, I live on the East coast and I've never seen uh, a mountain lion. They uh, are scary. They're scary. They, they look big. They look big. So unlike a lot of animals, they follow you. Who? Like you, you can see them like on the ridgeline kind of like following you. Um, like a coyote won't do that. You know, deer obviously don't do that. Bears don't give a shit, mm. um, but mount, mountain lions—they're uh, they're stalkers. So, oh, that's scary. They're like, yeah, uh, that, I, I hear like tigers do that. Yeah, so I, I'm sure they're stalking people because they're just pay attention to their territory, or perhaps they have a child, so they're watching, you know, because mm-hmm. of that. So they're they're probably not always looking to kill you, but you know, you don't care. You're just scared of the lion <laughs> checking you out. So, <laughs> I've seen um, bobcats a lot where I live. Um, oh, that's good. my um. When I was in uh, like first to fourth grade, we were the we were the bobcats. 
That was our mascot. Oh, dang. That's awesome. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what else do we have as far as evidence for this? We, we do talk cats? to um, Heidi Bailey. Oh, yeah. She works in Texas. And she <laughs> says. Oh, um, this she sweet has, lady. She was the old lady. Yeah. The nice, the nice lady. Oh, and, and she <laughs> says she gets five calls to one for norm for black cats. So a lot of people call in black cats to report to her. Yeah, there's that, or whatever that's worth. <laughs> oh wait, this isn't the, the the old. I'm thinking about the old lady who um, found the corpse in the oh the, no, no, the no, wire no. fence. This yeah, is this the, is the, the lady who works for the um, park service. Yeah, so it seems like people call in black cat calls a lot, but there's no there's nothing to show for them really. Yeah, so why do you think people are seeing black cats? I don't know. I, it might be. It might be a lot of domestic cats. There's a lot of domestic cats everywhere, like um, just stray or feral cats. So that might be part of it. Um, I mean, a cat in the them. shade or something that you see real quickly could definitely be a black cat, right? Yeah, in the dark at night. Um, I don't know why it's so much, like people fixate on black cats. It might be like our cultural stigma towards black cats. Yeah, so the black cat phenomenon um, is actually pretty cross cultural. There's a big black cat phenomenon in the british isles hmm. um we're not going to cover that all right now because we'll probably talk about it again in another video hmm. but um there are black cat sightings in england and wales and stuff for years uh there's been hunts by the government to find them and there's pictures of their own little cryptid maybe animal thing that exists so we, we will talk about that um more in another video but you know the phenomenon's not just localized to the americas yeah yeah it, it might it, like I think a lot of these are just domesticated cats. Um, like so, if you have you ever seen a mancoon cat? No, I don't think so. Oh, my mom has a mancoon cat, and they're like they're the biggest cats, uh, domesticated cat breeds that you'll find, and they're super big. They're like mm -hmm. they 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 look like miniature cougars sometimes. They're just they're they're uh, they're really strong too. the The largest one that I think is alive in the U.S. is his name is Samson. Yeah, and he's of like. It is. He's, he's he's like twenty one or twenty eight pounds, and he's a big, big boy. You need two hands to carry him, um, and they they're really long. And so I think maybe people are seeing Maine Coon cats when they're not uh, accustomed to seeing that breed, and it's a slightly larger breed. So maybe they're expecting they're used to like um, like tabbies where they're smaller and stuff. I don't know. It's weird, and I think. Um, and maybe people are seeing like black dogs too and just mistaking them for cats. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay. So they also talked to a, a farmer named Eric, Dick, um, Eric Atkinson. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he accuses this black cat of being Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Well, Cause he says he knows when it's sleeping and knows when I'm awake. <laughs> Does he say that exact line? That's really funny. Yeah, he does. does. And so I was like, oh, it's Santa Claus, <laughs> the cat. Um, he's basically saying that, you know, like the cat knows when to when to sneak in and steal his goats or whatever. Yeah. That's but. the one It's steal. I, I remember, I, I'm going to pull up the comments for that video. So the Monster Quest uploads these videos On onto YouTube. YouTube. The comments are like really, like they're angry. They're angry comments. Let me see what it says. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Oh, oh, boo, where is it? Oh, that's a... Dang, I can't find it now. There was one person who was like... Oh, yeah, it's like... 
accurate as two months ago. The experts spend their lives in a laboratory studying and not out in the woods where the animals are. Yeah. And it's they're like, what was killing the llamas? Genius. Like, <laughs> like it, it has to exist. I, I was reading this as I was watching it. And it's funny, people just like putting, thinking reversal. Like they're like, oh, llama died, goat died. That means there's something out there. That means the big cat did it. These experts are always so smug. <laughs> These experts are wrong. So we kind of have three segments <laughs> of Monster Quest, right? We got the, the setup, the search, and the payoff, right? Yes. Uh, I think we should make a new segment every time where we look at the uh, YouTube comment section on these videos. <laughs> okay, well, that'll be incorporated in the show going forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep my eyes out. It's yeah. it's funny to see people like I don't know. We kind of we we kind of feel like we're in an island where we're 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 pretty smart guys a lot of people i don't think think as critically as we do i know that's going to sound really egotistical but i think I a lot give of people... myself smart but i'll give myself critical because i'm an asshole so I'll take that. yeah we like we we doubt a lot and and doubting's good there's some people out there that don't seem like they doubt um at all like they're just like oh yeah yeah that sounds yeah I, I believe the scientific term for that is rubes so house cats go around eating llamas dogs and goats etc you guys' claims are way less believable than all the eyewitnesses combined. Absolutely stunning and total, totally unbelievable experts. We already know the truth, so we can tell. We, we can all just have some intellectual honesty, please. Eyewitnesses have no reason or motivation to lie. So why do you? Oh, man. <laughs> I found some good ones. Yeah, there's like this weird idea that like when you doubt expert, like eyewitnesses, that means you're saying that they're liars. It's like, no, no, we don't. We're like, sometimes there are liars, but we're not claiming that. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep this one in, man, but this is one by uh, <laughs> Fallon and her ghost orbs. And it starts off with <clears throat> one year ago, right after the Chinese virus broke out, Whoa. I saw a black panther on the Switchita River Trail in Pennsylvania. It was exactly one week after the outbreak, and I went out on my mountain bike. I like to go out as soon as the sun is up, almost because there's left traffic on the trail, and I like the cold. It was about 6, 30, maybe 7, right after the sun was coming up, and I was between the Buckford, Pennsylvania, and Birds Bowl, Pennsylvania. I was very near large bridge in there, and all of a sudden there was a huge, and I'm talking huge black cast across the trail right in front of me. It was about 400 yards away, I'd say. It was about 6, I'm mean, talking 7 feet long. I just glanced my way up going back, and I didn't break no stride. I just kept going. I was not terribly scared. It was about three seconds where I reached, and I saw the animal crossing. I could not see it, though. I could hear it or smell it. I never forgot about that morning, and that was one of the privileged ones enough to see it. I was raised on a farm. I was in the Army. I know what I saw. I saw a large black cat. It was the size of a lion or a black panther. I was absolutely amazed. <laughs> that was That's uh, beautiful right there. That's great. <laughs> So Why do they have the, to mention the Chinese virus? Well, you know, I, I, man, people people got some problems, got some prejudices. Um, don't condone that behavior. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a treat reading these comments. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know if I'm keeping that part in or not, but that's one of the comments. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about. What should we talk about? What do they do? To, do they even do much to look for the cat? For the for the cat? Okay, so we got our setup. We got our search, right? Yes. 
Oh, there's another video of a guy in West Virginia that they okay. do. It's kind of blurry. Yeah, there's the West Virginia video. Why don't you tell me about the West Virginia video? Yeah, it's by a guy. I forgot his name, but he was uh, in his backyard, and it's kind of far away where he sees a black cat um, walking behind some bushes and trees. And that's good. That's really smart because it allows the people later to use the trees as references to how big it was. Yeah, and they came out with tape measures and stuff, and they were tape, tape measure in the tree and everything. Yeah, it was good. It was, it, that's a really smart. I like I like seeing that. Um, yeah, so we'll that, talk that about science. the results. We'll talk about the results of that later, I guess. Um, and then there is a there was a corpse. Uh, an old lady, uh, sweet old lady in Texas, saw a. It was like stuck in a fence or something, and it was all sort of dried out. And she said it was a black cat uh, corpse, and everybody agreed that it was not a normal cat. And yeah, and I think she collected the bones right. That's how they did the DNA test. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or somebody else collected the bones. A different the bones were collected. Them. Bones were collected and then brought to experts. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I remember now. Yeah. The smug scientists in their the, labs. Those smug scientists up in their ivory tower labs, all the way up there. <laughs> These are graduate students. They're getting paid forty grand a year. Yeah, it's it's this weird thing you see with creationists, like younger creationists, is that they believe that like scientist is like. A politician like you have like you're really rich and like you're all highfalutin no if you're actually a scientist you're like most of the time you're poor you're poor and like you barely have enough time to do your research and fund your fund We're your all research. poor man all of us leave <laughs> us alone leave us alone stop making us <laughs> bad guys we're just trying to get by <laughs> i'll tell you who new poor what ever since the recession hit waves of new people are suddenly broke these people have no idea how to live without money they're what's called new poor. Uh-huh. We're old poor. Yeah. They could stand to learn a lesson or two from us. But- okay. So on to the findings. Findings. Um, they determined that the video of the normal house cat that David Johnson saw was a normal house cat. And, and it's kind of funny because it's like what you did last time where you can cut all of them saying the same exact thing back to oh, back. But, but it's even better because a lot of them say a cat, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a cat. Same thing last video, right? La- last video um they do this whole thing trying to see if this dog's a mutant dog they ask everyone the and they're like yeah it's a dog it's, it's a, a dog, dog. <laughs> yeah i studied it and it's a dog okay so the video where the guy tape measures actually gets a pretty good video does some good science they send it back to video analyzing man from csi mm-hmm. they enhance it they, enha- they zoom enhance zoom to enhance um <laughs> what do we get what, what what do you think we found it's a it's a normal house cat they yeah. they they overlaid him on top of the boy the cat is, and you can tell that it's not that big. It's literally just the size of an average house cat. It's just misidentifications, like a lot of these cryptids. You know, people saw something in their brain, wrote in some information. You know, it happens to everyone, happens to skeptics, happens to believers. It's just, you know, it's just a thing that happens. <laughs> size is hard to judge over a, a long distance, especially yeah. with like uh, poor reference points and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's what we I find people- a lot. People don't know how much that's true, I think, you know, because like in our day to day lives, we don't really have to use that skill that much. So. Mm-hmm. We look at the bones of uh, the possible black cat that was stuck on the railing or whatever, and yep. we get the report back. And what they say? Uh, it was a dog. It was, it was a, a dog. black Labrador retriever. The bones were sent to Todd DeSotel at New York University to see if DNA could be extracted. 
So once we had this sequence um, and ran it against the database and uh, found out what it was most closely related to, we were actually surprised that it did not fall along the felid or the cat branch of the evolutionary tree. And in fact, this sequence belonged to the dog branch or the canid branch. And I really like this one because last time it was always it was a dog. So it just it made me laugh. <laughs> splice it in well because it it, see again it kind of like shows that um you can like when you when you look at something you can emphatically believe it's something else but um sometimes when you don't get a good look or when you're not a a proficient in this area you can think it's something else like you can go oh i i thought 100 i thought that was a big cat but the three three best pieces of evidence that we have um the videos or the bones don't really amount to anything no. Um, now, it is possible that people are seeing large cats, right? Of yeah. course, because there are large cats. It's not impossible that there are um, jaguars in North America because they were up until 1996, some. Mm-hmm. Not, not many, but some. So, like, it's not an outlandish claim. But we just don't have really any good evidence that anyone's seeing any of these black cats. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's not outlandish. There are uh, jaguar populations in North America, or at least there were. Um, we reliably knew that there was one jaguar, male jaguar, that was consistently living on the border of, uh, I think it was Arizona and Mexico. And he was traveling across. His name was El, El Jefe, or the, the boss. Has um, um, a lot of the human interference in the border made it harder for them to move to North America? Yes, that's the that's the main thing. So they need a sort of corridor to travel between the areas if they want to set up a population in in North America or in uh, America itself. Um, Because there's a lot of there's several populations in Mexico, and um, in the olden days they would cross the border and just travel there and breed and then travel back or uh, vice versa. Um, And they were under the they were protected under the endangered species list and given a sort of priority until uh george bush then oh, yeah, george, nice bush, george bush uh kind of was like uh he he his uh epa uh, head was like yeah we don't really care about them anymore and uh took them off revoked them and uh to be, this was to build the border wall construction um yeah and that's and Dis- that's part dislike. of the reason why. dislike george bush gosh darn it there's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. <laughs> if fool me, we can't get fooled again. Um, yeah, there was a habitat sort of preserved for them, and then he reversed it, and yeah, to build the border wall. Um, Obama afterwards, the Obama administration afterwards reversed it again and set aside a, a sort of small wildlife reservation on the border. Um, and then, of course, our uh, Trump reversed it again to, the, to his border con- wall construction. So the wall <laughs> sort of blocks the migration routes. And yeah, the, the population in North America, in uh, New Mexico and Arizona, is, is dwindled pretty much to non-existent. Um, snip, snap, snip, snap. Kind of. I said that I wanted to have kids and you said that you wanted me to have a vasectomy. What did I do? And then oh, when you said that you might want to have kids and I wasn't so sure who had this vasectomy reversed. And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, who had it reversed back? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. I did. 
You have no idea the physical toll the three vasectomies have on a person. <laughs> it, it sucks that, like, it's so easy to reverse. Like, it's like, oh, crap. Like, it's good that you can reverse the negative stuff, but it's bad that you can reverse the positive stuff, too. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing is El, El Jefe, the, the male jaguar that was consistently in Arizona, he was living there. Um, he has not been seen since two, 2015, um, which is a year. So Trump took office 2016, right? So, yeah, it's the border wall construction, mining, all kinds of stuff. It's sort of messed up their migration routes. He's probably not dead. Hopefully he's not dead. He probably just traveled back to Mexico where the females and all the other jaguars all are. But it's, it's sad. It's like, oh, crap. Dang it. We could have really cool jaguars in America, but nope. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. I mean, there's just not much room for mega predators, you know? Yeah. Um, like, well, we can talk about this again with the uh, cougars and pumas later. Well, it is a little different. Now, I'm sure that some big life lovers and experts will not like this because um, they always push back on this. But like some animals are slightly scarier because they're not as skittish. That's kind of mm-hmm. why grizzly bears had to go. Yeah, like I mean, like you can scare away a black bear, or brown bear. Grizzly bears don't scare away as easily. They just don't. Yeah. Um, and that's that's true for mountain lions as well. In my experience, like my aunt has been was been attacked by a mountain lion before. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, she was okay, but like she carries a cougar stick around. She says when she walks in the woods, like I mean, look, it's not that they're out there just killing people, you know, but they are more they're they're more aggressive than most other animals that you're going to find in the woods so like it is kind of if you have it about but like, i think it's still important of course yeah you know, i'm just saying like like preservation of certain animals that can be more difficult than others because of their behavior is all i'm saying not that yeah. it's not important i don't support it so. and it's hard because they need a big habitat area to yeah. get food and stuff it's it's definitely really hard um yeah it's not like a different deer species you're trying to keep alive right you're trying to keep a predator alive yeah Cougars ha- used to have a massive and like I, I mean like really massive range in North America where like they were literally all over the United States like every single state except like Alaska and Hawaii, um, especially on like the east ho- east coast and the last holdouts are in the Everglades in uh, in Florida, um, but even that population and this will be interesting to talk about. You can use it to talk about like what a Bigfoot population would be suffering. Um, so in the Everglades, it's in like a sort of swamp area. It's it's a small um, reserve, relatively small compared to the West Coast uh, cougars. And um, the problem is that they're incredibly inbred because um, they're just such such a small population. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They have a lot of genetic diseases. Um, yeah, so it's it's bad. And um, people, scientists were noticing this in like the '90s and going like, "Oh crap! Like we're not going to have Everglade cougars if if we don't try to fix this." So there was a program. This was kind of cool. A uh, program where they relocated like several um, Texas uh, cougars um, to to the to the Everglade population um, to help imp- introduce new genetic material and improve their health. And like they checked back later after maybe like a decade, and yeah, it like actually worked. Like the diversity improved, and they uh, they found that the cubs survived longer into maturity. Uh, I love yeah, so that- all these stories of us using science to kind of like um, fix our intrusion under the wild. Oh yeah. Give me a lot of hope. So. Yeah, it is. It is. I read, I remember reading that. I was like, Oh, this is really hopeful. It was a, it was a story I read in like genetics class in school where like they were teaching us like how inbreeding works and like, um, how you can fix it. 
um yeah so when when you're inbred uh the problem is is pe- people a lot of people know what you probably shouldn't inbreed it's bad don't do it <laughs> it will accumulate recessive traits if you're not careful um which can eventually like really hurt you um so that's why like new material getting um new uh, individuals in a population helps a lot because the genetics it, it can help this the population survive um and that's the problem with a lot of uh, animals megafauna today is that their habitats have not it's 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 a big part of it is that the habitat loss but it's more that the corridors between their habitats are lost mm. so individuals are stuck in populations there's no linkage between separate populations so they can't interbreed so like you, there's a lot of inbreeding going on because highways cut through their reserves and stuff so it's they're trapped so it sucks and there's yeah. a I wish there were better ways to fix that. So as for the hunt for these animals, there's one other hypothesis we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's the um people letting actual cats go in the wild. Oh yeah. Because that's a thing that does happen. Mm-hmm. And we actually talked to an expert, a big cat expert in this episode. And he works for a certain group that people may now be aware of, uh <laughs> called Big Cat Rescue. No, Which is of course owned by Carol fucking Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin's plan with Peter the Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin is so influential that Carol Baskin and Carol Baskin. It was Carol Baskin. <laughs> dun dun dun! You do like this musical scene. <laughs> yeah. I, I when I was like big carrots, that's Carol fucking Baskin. I, I remember seeing that. I was like, "That sounds vaguely familiar." Is I, I, I thought it was Carol Baskins, but I wasn't sure. So that's funny that you found that. Oh God, no! <laughs> I wonder if Joe Exotic is letting out these black cats, and that's what's happening. <laughs> that I'm Joe happen. Exotic, and I run these tigers, and I am gay. <laughs> that's my favorite thing is the way he says, "I am gay" for like no reason in the middle of <laughs> First thing is, I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. Oh, okay, man. I didn't. That's fine. All right. That's cool. That's cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's happened. That's happened elsewhere. I remember in um in the 1980s in Scot uh in Scotland there was um a puma that was um shot. I think it looks more like a puma. What in Sam hell is a puma? Uh, you mean like the shoe company? No, like a puma. It's a big cat, like a lion. You're making that up. And it turns out it was like somebody's abandoned pet. They just yep. let out. And there, oh. there are events um, in North America as well um, mm-hmm. of people releasing a large amount of cats into the wild. Basically, there was a cat sanctuary that was going to be forced to close down, and he just let them out. Oh, gosh. That's Other so animals, bad. too. Yeah. So, like, uh-huh. uh, we can get into these events more later. If, I think Monster Quest might talk about it more later. But uh, mm. basically, there is the hypothesis that's not talked about that much in the episode, which is why we don't talk about it that much ourselves. Of you know actual legit big cats being released into the wild from domestic or semi-domestic um, capacities, mm. um, I guess that this isn't that favorite of hypothesis of theirs because they think that there's a cool secret cat population more than just like one of them. Yeah, as people have been seeing them for years. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's something to think about. It's definitely possible. You know, yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, who knows how long they'd live? They might not have the skills, or you know, because. Because if they were raised in domestic, they don't have all the hunting skills, probably. Mm-hmm. They would stick and around also, like trash cans and stuff, I feel like. Yeah, there's also just probably not enough game in some regions for them. And, you know, yeah. there's cars and, and things that could kill them. Yeah. 
Oh. But um, there is some yeah. very. I wanted to talk about this. There is some very compelling DNA evidence that uh, cougars are resettling the East Coast, which is kind of cool. Um, there's like so in recent, like in probably like the last like couple years. Um, there's the story of the Connecticut cat. So it's a, um, it's a cat. There, somebody spotted a cougar all the way in Connecticut, like wow. really, really far away. And they did DNA test. So it unfortunately got hit by a car. Um, and it, it was, they figured out that it was a three-year-old male and, um, they tested its DNA. It turns out it was from South Dakota. It traveled like 2000 miles all the way to Connecticut, which is amazing. So basically, we have areas where we think the populations are higher, right? So South America, Western United States, Rockies region. Mm-hmm. But we do have evidence that they prowl out of that into places that aren't often, right? Yeah. it's typ- They typically do it. It's typically young males, and they do it to travel to find new mates in, like, territory. So where they are, there's not enough territory to sustain sense. them, so they go somewhere else. Um, so, like, like, as for, like, this is kind of like a pseudo-cryptid because they're just saying it's a black cat, really. The plausibility on this one's pretty high. Yeah. Because, like, there could be a black mountain lion, and people could have seen it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most people thinking they see a black mountain lion or whatever are mistaken. But yeah. it isn't unreasonable that some people actually saw one. Like, it could have happened. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, it's pretty reasonable. Like, um, yeah, I think a traveling jaguar or traveling cougar is not that ridiculous of a concept. Yeah, so this this one's cool because like they're basically oh people thought they saw an um, an exceptional animal but not like a fantastical animal. Mm-hmm. Now let's just look into the exceptional animal animal claim, which yeah. I think you know these episodes kind of keep Monster Quest a bit grounded. They may not be as fun as you know like space alien killer Reptilians. killer monkey <laughs> reptile with moth wings, you know. But um, it's still cool to just do a little bit of folklore and to like sightings that people are seeing of the natural world. So it's a fun episode. It's interesting because I remember when I was growing up, I, I hated these types of episodes. I would skip over them. But as an adult, I actually find them more interesting now than the more ridiculous ones. It's it's yeah. kind of weird where I flipped. I'm like, oh, because it's, it's cool because they have actual evidence that they talk about. And because it's more realistic, you go, OK, I can see the plausibility in that. So, yeah. It's good. I, I didn't mind this episode. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't know. I think I'd give it probably a six. Uh, I think I'm going to get close, like maybe like a seven for me. Yeah, you're nicer than me. <laughs> I like cats. I'm a cat person. Oh, I liked it. You know, I, that six is better than average, right? So, yeah, I guess uh, I'm a tough. I'm a tough creator. Are you but, uh, are you excited for next episode? Okay, so we fin- on IMDb. This one got six point five. By the way, so. Pretty decent. Oh, you're pretty close. You know? Yeah, like like I said, so the high water mark is uh, giant squid found, which is seven point six. I don't think we're ever really going to top that. Oh, definitely. But, uh, yeah, six point five is pretty good. It's half a point better than uh, mutant canines. Mm-hmm. Um, so next time we next leave time. Eastern United States, oh yeah, and the hot fields of Texas, <laughs> and we go deep under the water and search for gigantic killer fish. <laughs> the, the names they give these these are great oh the thumbnail so great the fish like well, let, let me t- i can't show you the picture of it but i can make the sound it it's going that's the sound <laughs> that's the sound that that photo is making to me right like look at what that. let me see this look oh at, is it a catfish yeah it's a catfish and he's like <laughs> he looks like uh 
It looks like Magikarp. He wishes but, he was a Magikarp. <laughs> and it says they searched the freshwater fish reported in the Arctic to the Amazon River. That's a big jump right there. That's a lot of territory. You'd think things would evolve <laughs> differently between the Amazon and the Arctic Circle. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely big fish in the Amazon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Arctic, there's probably big fish. Okay, this one will be interesting. Yeah, so we're looking at fish. Um, so Trey's going on vacation for a little while. Yeah. But we're still uh, going to get the episodes out in a timely manner. But uh, everybody go- wish Trey a good trip. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to Poland. I'm going to Poland to do some archaeology, uh, which yeah. will be very fun. You're a real boy, man. You're doing some real science. I know. This is this will be exciting. Uh, I'll be in the field. I'll be excavating a... Uh, a medieval cemetery which would be cool touching skeletons oh. and stuff i'm gonna be sitting in my room playing final fantasy so. hey, hey that's that's just as good <laughs> right there <laughs> enjoying e3 yeah yeah we'll see e3 is a big disappointment fest most of the time but um if they show some kingdom hearts thing i'll probably cry a little bit so that's good i'll get to feel some emotion <laughs> the biggest disappointment in my young life uh has been uh i remember watching the e3 for bioshock infinite and seeing how amazing it was, and then the game came out, and it's just a completely different game. They showed. I do like Bioshock Infinite um, as a story, and I yeah. like the setting, but the gameplay is not uh, up to par of the originals. Yeah, the, the, they, well, I remember the. It, it made me like, like I was playing it, and I, it, I played it on my birthday. I think my mom got it for me on my birthday, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Your mom <laughs> and, bought you a video game. My mom yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I remember playing it, and I just like as time wore on, I was like, "Oh, this is not what I expected." Yeah, I like so. Elizabeth though. So. No, no, I, it's a good game. It's just like I was expecting the the E3 demos like lie a lot of times, where it's just like, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> they play an AVI file, they play a video. Um, yeah, my friends always make the joke, play. "Let's watch people lie to us." <laughs> and it was so depressing. It was like just shattering. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll see what comes out this time. We've got that Avatar yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Avatar fun game. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I had to wake up extra early to record this one. So hopefully Sorry. I didn't sound too tired the whole time. I, I drank my Earl Grey tea. I tried to perk up. <laughs> um, thanks for watching the show. And remember, guys, uh, to leave a comment on one of the review sites and subscribe and stuff. It really helps because... You know, we're a growing podcast. We're trying to get more people to stumble across us and listen to us talk about an old monster show from the early aughts mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully some good science. And, yeah. uh, awesome. Yep. Thanks and so uh, goodbye because I'm going to go watch Final Fantasy stuff. All right. <laughs> and uh, good luck on your trip, Trey. If I don't talk to you for a couple weeks, I uh, hope that you don't die or get attacked by ghosts or whatever the heck goes on in Poland. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll stay safe. All right. Be safe, my friend. Goodbye. Hey, you too.
Podcast.